Some people clap on a one and three. Some people clap on a two and four. Some people don't join at all because they got no rhythm, and that's all right. Some people, they drink too much. Some people don't drink enough. Some people are just like me. I hope y'all forgive them. I'm like Scott and Tommy Corbins. I'm like Pete Southtown, Zan Zan. I'm always speaking my mind, but I'm better off by my tongue. I'm a bad show at the wrong time. Still, I'm a legend of my own mind. I'm good for the song, but I'm not for Welcome to another episode of Two Ales and Hockey Tales with Wally. And today, I'm so excited to have on a 29-year-old from Red Hill, England. His hockey journey has taken him to England, Scotland, New Zealand, and wherever Team GB took him. And he even mucked it up for three games with my Cardiff Devils. He is one of the original Shed Guys from way back in episode 13. And today, he returns... Again, he made his UK show debut way back in 2014-15 with a bunch of shed guys in the Brayhead or Glasgow clan. Spent five seasons with the clan and then headed to the Manchester Storm and helped them become the chocolatey Manchester Storm. He is another gold medalist with the men's Team GB squad. And folks, he made Team GB in the under-20s three years in a row was named Young British Player of the Year two years in a row. And before that was an EPIHL Cup champion and a two-time playoff champion and a second-team All-Star between the Basing Stoke Bisons and Slough Jets, earning his way to the EIHL where he spent the past decade. And gosh darn it, we're going to shower him with chocolate. Welcome back to the shed, Zach Sullivan. <laughs> Thanks. I'm, I'm, glad you, I'm glad you mixed in there that I was on here before. Right, everyone, it was a everyone long always time ago. Yeah, everyone always says Critch was first, and I'm kind of there like he wasn't. He I wasn't. Was. Yeah, you were yeah. the original Manchester Storm guy in the shed. Yeah, yeah, we hadn't thought yeah. about chocolate way back then, you know. No, yeah, my uh, my partner forced me to force me into an Instagram post because he wants some uh, he wants some crunchies for the Pride weekend next weekend. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we can make that happen, right? Well, I hope so because uh, I I get a hell of a lot of grief, a hell of a lot less grief if he did get a crunchy thrown on with his name on. So, um, and his name is Adam, right? Yes, it is. Yes. So we would like a crunchy after a big win for Adam, right? Yes, we would. Why are you always looking Very out for other people? What do you want? I'm I give all my chocolate to him anyway. I'm not allowed to eat chocolate. He takes it off me. You're not allowed to eat chocolate. You, what if you earn it? What if you guys win? You guys, you earn your chocolate around there. I have to put it in the drawer, and he comes and eats it. Is that right? And he likes crunchies. But what do you? You don't. You don't have a favorite. You just want to Yorkies. win and give him his, just his classic Yorkies. Yorkies. Oh yeah. Yeah. I. I've seen those. I don't know if I ever ate one. I. I when I had. Uh, a bit of chocolate hit the ice in Cardiff when I went over to Batchy's testimonial. Um, I got all the UK chocolate for my girls under nine team and brought it back for them. But I don't recall trying a Yorkie. Actually, I'll, I'll, I'll shout out um, Matt Keith, actually. Matt Keith has a weird obsession with bounties. Bounties? That's the one with coconut, yeah. right? Yeah. So we, we get um, 
we get Christmas boxes of chocolates called celebrations. And it's always bounties and Snickers that are left. But Matt Keith on road trips in Glasgow. The Brits would get the good chocolate bars. We'd be getting the boosts, the double deckers, you know, the, the good ones. And he'd come back with a double bounty and get ridiculed every single time. So just, I, I know I, I saw he came on the, on the podcast uh, a oh, couple yeah. of months ago. I just thought I'd give him a shout out and t- tell him that bounties still suck. They do suck. Yeah. Coconuts and chocolate bars doesn't make sense. Um, but yeah, I get into how we know each other. You were on the Brayhead clan and you guys had a squad back in the day. And I remember that season. I've talked about it a bunch. Brayhead clan, Cardiff, Sheffield, man, there were some squads and man, there was some mucking it up going on in those games. Eh? <laughs> yeah, there was, um, I mean, like we had Matt Keith, I think he, I think we had three or four guys straight from the Dell, same with Cardiff, same with Sheffield. And, um, well, I think there was two or three points separating us at the end of the season. All no, three it, top, that top last of couple table. months was heated. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it, it wasn't just the, you know, obviously like the, it, it was almost like playoff hockey from February. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't just like the, the pressure of, we 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 could win the league. It was also the pressure of like every get every single game mattered. It didn't matter if who you were playing, whether it was on a Wednesday night in Edinburgh, freezing cold in front of sixty fans, or at home, or or you're, or you're in the the pig pen in uh, Hull. Remember that that yeah. place that that bench was the stupidest thing I've ever seen in hockey. Yeah, that was um, there was a lot of pressure that year. It um, was. Yeah, that's fun though. Pressure's honest, fun. I don't think any. Like I don't think either one of the three teams really crumbled. It, it, I think it came down to like one game lost. I think we lost in Edinburgh, and it was right. probably one of our best games of the season. <laughs> Outshot them sixty-four to something or other, and um, yeah, it came down. It came down to like the last three games. Whoever won out would have won the league, and I think all three of us lost the game in the last three games, and it just happened to fall Sheffield's way in the end. But uh, well, um, I, what I recall was we won the Challenge Cup. Uh, beat Sheffield 2-1 in a nail-biter. And then, uh, well, we got in one. You know, we won a championship. We we got in one. And uh, then we played them again a few days later and lost 11-1. to And people blamed that loss on us not winning the league. Well, I personally thought we were gonna probably going to lose that game either way after you just won a championship and they're all wound up about it. Um, but it really came down to that last weekend. We played in Sheffield and lost. And they got the trophy that night in front of us. Because I still recall before I went out to the bus, I went out after I got changed and watched the players and their families taking pictures on the ice with the trophy just to piss myself off, you know? <laughs> I got issues. Yep. <laughs> but we lost to Sheffield in Sheffield. That That's more hockey than losing in Edinburgh and Sheffield winning it elsewhere, right? Yeah. yeah. No, it was it a... Was, uh... Like obviously, like like you said, I I kind of played on winning teams in in the what was the EPR. It's now the NIHL National. Um, we had we had a great we had great teams there. I mean, we had Adam Calder playing for us in in Slough. Um, Doug Shepherd who played for Sheffield, um, and some really really top end Brits. And I think we we were top at Christmas and kind of snowballed and ended up winning the playoffs. Uh, we lost the first leg of the playoffs seven two, uh, seven seven three, 
and won the second leg second seven two really? <laughs> to make it to make it through to the semi-finals yeah um and then uh went to Basingstoke and again um Greg Wood stepped down I think he probably would have played against Greg Wood when he was at Coventry eh, doesn't ring uh, a bell not Greg Wood um but you oh, won you won think. the playoffs with Slough and Basingstoke eh yeah so we we I won the playoffs in Slough um then half the team stayed in Slough half the team left for Basingstoke and there was a lot of politics politics going on but I think I, I was 16, 17 at the time. So that went straight over my head. Yeah. Um, so I went with my coach because he was the one that gave me the chance to play in the first place. Um, and then we were on for all three my first year, on for the treble, fell short, fell short in the fi- uh, semi-final of playoffs, semi-final of the cup and came down to last weekend. We lost the league. Um, and then the year after, so we were on full three again. We lost the lead to Guildford and won the cup in the uh, won the cup in the playoffs. Uh, again, yeah. like we, we had some, like you you talk about like that mindset of you know, pressure is great. It was, you know, the the more the more pressured the situation, the better we played as a team. And um, I, I, what was, I always say is, big games are the funnest. It's like yeah. Playing in Hull or Edinburgh really never got my juices flowing that much. But, man, we're rolling into Sheffield or Glasgow, and you're going to a packed barn, and it's a big game, man. That can get your juices flowing. That's what hockey's all about. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're, we're playing uh, Sheffield for the 740th time this season. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it seems like Saturday. it. <laughs> you yeah. play them again? Every time I talk to you, you're about to play them. We've, um, I think we played them... I know I'm probably wrong, but I think we played them about nine times this season, and we've played them once in the league. <laughs> Something like uh, that. They're it's, really, it's, they're really doing it, though, man. Like, they're... oh, they, they are. You know, as as much as I'm sure you were the same when when you played. You don't like pumping up other teams, but no. they are they are just a machine. I think they've lost two games all season. I know, man. Their record um, is literally like my under thirteen team's record. Um, yeah, and they they're just. They've got four solid lines. They just roll and roll, and then the, you t- kind of like the cars team you play for, the Brayhead team I play for. You get into that spin cycle against them, and you just you're just like, oh god, like we need we need something. Um, yeah, you got to really I dig down you, deep to win those games. But um, like in hockey, anybody can be beat any night, right? It's like uh, my under thirteen team. We were undefeated, uh, won every game, and then we get into our big tournament, the Silver Stick, which. Um, I guess it's kind of like the Continental Cup where you win your regional to go to the finals. And we lost a heartbreaker, kind of like you guys in Edinburgh. We outshot the team by a lot, took a lot of penalties, but outplayed them, outshot them, outchanced them. And we just couldn't win the game. And then all of a sudden, we're out of the tournament. And, uh, man, it was devastating around here. (laughs) Brutal. So now all we have left is the All-Ontario Championships. We only have one more kick at the can. Kind of like you talking about, you know, when you're up for winning all three trophies in the UK and then all of a sudden you let one slip. Next thing you know, man, you're running out of time to get something done, you know? Yeah, I think also like that, that because because all of them kind of, the league is like, it's so different to North America where the, where the league is the the big one. Uh, yeah, I know. And it's North America, like playoffs <laughs> is what you play for. You you breeze through the season and then playoffs you turn up and play yeah you're trying to get to the peak when you hit playoffs yeah. you're trying to peak as a team yeah but the uh 
with with the Challenge Cup, I think Challenge Cup finals in um, March, and the league finishes beginning of April, and then you play playoffs, which is done by middle of April. Yeah. So you lose you lose the Challenge Cup final in March. That's not that's you you don't have long to get like to get that disappointment out of the way, get back focused on the league because you got you got six games left maybe, and that's the difference between winning or losing. And then you miss out on the league, and then you've got two games in playoffs if you don't win them you're done i i couldn't agree more about getting the frustration and the loss out of your system because we did lose that heartbreaker as an under 13 team and um then we never had a game scheduled for like 10 days and um you know going to practice you could just feel it like the 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 heartbreak and um you could feel in the room before we went into our next game that they just weren't quite mentally fresh and there like they were before that loss and then we went out and lost our next game one nothing and we didn't play very well um and we we had to get that out of our system so yesterday we had a practice and i said to their coach i'm like we got to bring the fun back we got to get these kids enjoying this again because like that loss like it hurt me but like those kids man like you know they're still talking about it the town's still talking about it and it's like man we got to start enjoying this again we got to start having fun get back on track you know yeah, and I, I I feel like that like comes into even pro now. You know, back back when when I started playing for Finna, um probably won't like me telling this story, but oh well. Um <laughs> oh, it was my second year in Glasgow, I think. Um and we were we were on a pretty serious skid, so we lost Matt Keith had um bruised his spleen, Cam Jansen had Tried to kill him on the ice with a hit. Um, yeah, nice. I've and seen he hit like table. Yeah, he hit hard. Um, so we'd lost him, and then in the same game, it's quite funny. Well, it's quite funny looking back. It wasn't funny at the time. So we'd lost, just lost our captain through injury, and then um, our two top point scoring forwards collided with each other behind the net, behind the opposition net, and concussed each other. Oh dear. So this was in the space of about two minutes in the same game where we've gone, okay, we're, we're in control of it. Like we were tuning up. We're like, we're in control of this. Like we're, we're pretty good. We're away from home. Like take the two points, go home, lose our captain, lose our top two points going forwards. And we're all of a sudden going, Oh no, like this is, uh, this is pretty worrying. So we lost, we lost our, probably our three best forwards that season for I think about a month. And we lost every game. We went to, we went to Dundee, and Finner comes in before before warm up, and he's ripping us like old school Finner, screaming, throwing stuff, like calling us out one by literally going around the room and calling us out. We go on seven eight minutes late for warm up, come off a of warm up for half a warm up <laughs> uh, before the first period, like starting lineup starts ripping into us again. We're we're five six minutes late for the first period. <laughs> Comes comes to the end of the second. I think we're we're two one down, something like that. Um, and we're short. We've got seven forwards, four D men. Oh. So we're we're short. Even that's back in those days, I know we used to play with nine and six, but yeah. that's even short for then. And um, he comes in and he goes, uh, "If obviously mixing some swear words when you tell it again in your head, yes, but um, yeah. if you if you guys don't win this game, we're on the ice at." T- uh, 10 a.m. tomorrow morning, no pucks. 
and and normally like that the that kind of call out, Finner, the threats <laughs> that, but that kind of call out you're kind of like okay like let's go let's go but that day i don't know what it was i don't know if, if it was the stretch you could as soon as he said it everyone around the room just went because oh. we just knew we weren't winning like we knew we didn't have it in the we we didn't have it um i think we i think we tied it four all into overtime and ended up losing in overtime and sure enough we were we were on the ice at 10 uh, i think it was actually 8 a.m because that's when we had the ice on mondays no pucks um, oh, the no puck practices was, i don't miss fun. those at all i've been through so a few we, of them we played um we had uh belfast and cardiff on the weekend and both of them were were trucking they were i think belfast were 12 unbeaten cardiff were eight or nine unbeaten and we'd lost nine in a row. Yeah. And I think we beat Cardiff in Cardiff 5-1, beat Belfast at home 4-0. And we were, all of a sudden, we were like, yes, okay, let's go. <laughs> this is after the bag skate day. Yeah, this is this is the weekend following. Um, but now I think it's, like, even with Finner over the last few years, like, it's... The game's changed know, a bit, hasn't it? Yeah, and I don't know if, if you ever had this in Cardiff, but it was like, okay, like, we've won a few or we've lost a few, like, Take Monday, Tuesday off. Like, don't come to the rink. Get away from the rink. Reset, reset. Come back. Yeah. Um. Or even like, I I know most teams now around the league kind of do a, like we'll do a Tuesday session, which should be more focused on battle drills, and then like a few battle games at the end, so something to play for between the guys. And um, I think it's kind of shifted more to that. I think guys are, guys have got across to their coaches that they don't want to skate lines. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, I'm the same. It's like, I know how much I hated skating and I think happy hockey players play better. And, um, I think that's, what's neat about the chocolate is when it gets thrown on the ice. I think that makes it fun. Um, but like when I need to skate my kids or get them conditioning wise, it's like, I always try to hide the bag skate. There's always pucks. There's always shooting, but like they're skating. You just don't realize it. Right. Yeah. But you know what I'm going to do instead of the the uh no puck practice my uh deal i'm gonna give the boys i think is we play the team that won that tournament that we didn't um they're our big rival and only one of us will get out of this area for the all ontarios we play them sunday i think i'm gonna tell the boys that they can shave my head in the room if they win <laughs> right <laughs> but if they don't win i'll get my hair cut like a grown-up right yeah i mean the uh it's kind of like getting chocolate if you earn it, but it'll be shaving my head, you know? Well, talking about it, it's kind of kind of related. There was, um, Finner went and got his head shaved in Sheffield. I can't remember the reason why. Just um, recently? No, this was when he was coaching Manchester and I was still in Glasgow, so seven years ago. But there was, this, it made me remember when I was, so I think it, my second or third year in Glasgow and it was a Scott Master testimonial game in Cardiff. Who? Remember Scott Mast Mastka? Oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Scott yeah. Mastka, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and Finner obviously went down because he played with him in, in Cardiff, and he came back with his uh, with the My Turn T-shirts. Yeah. And he, it, again, we we weren't playing particularly well. We weren't really winning that often. And he pulled us in at the board and we were kind of ready for the like, oh, here we go. We're going to get like, Finn is, Finn is old school. Yeah. He told you what he meant and you 
definitely knew what he meant afterwards. Yeah, you knew what you, um, you knew what he expected from you. I yeah, always he, enjoyed playing against Finner's teams because they mucked it up. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, and and you know he, I I think this is something else that, um, kind of that new age of hockey players is struggling with is you're you're obviously brought in to do a job, whether that's put points up or fight or hit or whatever it is. But if that's not working, you know, try and help the team in another way. Yeah. Like yeah. I, rem- I remember something to help. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like uh, Matt Keith was brought in to score points. He, he was, he was uh, expected to be one of our highest point scorers every year. But if he wasn't playing well, he made sure that he blew someone up or grabbed someone and sure as hell you weren't scoring when he was on the ice. Yeah. Um, he was a and that's not to, like I just kind of noticed that, and it's it's all the way through the league, and it's you know guys, you know you play against teams, and oh these are their best players, oh they didn't score tonight, they, yeah they didn't really do anything else either. Right, you need you know? to bring something else. It's yeah. to me the way I would think of that is, um, well I was brought back to Cardiff to be one of the scorers again my second year, and then I hurt my knee and my career was over. And I thought, geez, I still need to help some way. So what I did was um, I spray painted myself and got naked and did pregame speeches, you know, try and get the boys fired up. You know, they always love seeing my tally whacker before games. (laughs) 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 But you got to do something to help out, right? Is I I would spray paint myself, do a pregame speech or Deese would spray paint me. And then I would uh, go do the pregame speech. And then I would go out and watch the power plays and give pointers between periods. And I was like the power play coach. And I still felt like I was participating, even though I wasn't playing. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I think also hockey isn't, I mean, you, you would have, um, you would have felt this when, when you hurt your knee. And I think I'm starting to realize this more as I get, towards the end of my career it's you know hockey isn't everything yeah there's life there's family there's friends and I think every now and again you just got to sit back and go you know how lucky am I that I'm involved in this right you know you're you're coaching now I'm I'm sure you still feel the same way and it's like honestly the coaching the like being part of a team being part of the game um I had a hard time when I came back, when I was done, when my knee's gone and all of a sudden hockey's just taken away from me, like completely. I'm not in the game at all. Yeah. Um, being back on a team, being back, trying to win trophies, being back, trying to figure out how to beat another team. Um, it's everything I need. And um, whether you win or lose the big games, at least you get to be in it, right? You get to get the yeah. juices flowing. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. But uh, you know what the word is that you were talking about with like Matt Keith and Stefan Meyer was the same um, is, you know, when you're not scoring and you're supposed to be a scorer, it's the intangibles. That's the word intangibles. Yeah. You bring the other stuff that still help the team win games. Yeah, absolutely. And like, it's, you know, I've, I've, I've I mean, I could go through guys I played with like Frank, uh, Chris Frank. Frank. Yeah. Yeah. Frank we used to battle. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> um, that went way back to Western Michigan, man. We were teammates, and he came in as a freshman, and I was a senior, and I was like the the scorer guy. And the coach, I don't know why, but one on one drills, he always put Frank the tank against me, and he would tell him to give it to me. So then he'd be screaming at Frankie to give it to me, and he'd be screaming at me to be better. 
And then all of a sudden, me and Frankie would just muck it right up for like a long time. But they'd never blow the whistle. We'd play a one-on-one for like minutes. Just, just, it was yep. nuts. Yeah. yeah and then we, the same thing happened when you guys were in Glasgow and I was in Cardiff. I tried to break his testicle one game. But was that the was that the same game that he um accidentally slashed Andrew Lord in the face? Um, well, the first time I ever played against him in the big blue tent, and I hadn't seen him since college. I just skated by him to give him like a hey Frankie, what's up? And I gave him a whack on the back of the legs to be like, Hey Frankie, I'm here. And he turned around, tried to cross check me in the face, and then he like gave me the like eyes like what this i'm chris frank but i'm not chris frank and i was like whoa this guy's crazy and then we just got right into it the rest of the game and then after the game we saw each other he's like hey man so we still buddies i'm like yeah man you're nuts (laughs) i i remember i remember a game very well from that season um we just signed jeff smith six foot seven oh yeah 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 he he was was then we had lee salters um Keith and Mizey could fight. Um, we had Fitzy as our actual fighter, Frankie yeah. and Smithy. Yeah, that's a big team. Um, <laughs> so we've got 7D. I'm not really playing that much, which I don't really mind as a 19-year-old D-man playing in the big blue tent against that big scary Cardiff team. <laughs> so I'm kind of there like enjoying I was big and scary, right? <laughs> yeah, just just cheerleading the guys when they come yeah. off. I'm like, yeah, good, good job, guys. Oh. Um and then Frankie gets thrown out. So Frankie's going for, back for a puck and he does like a shoulder shimmy shake and spears Lord Andrew Lord. Yeah. So he's thrown out. Uh, someone goes to sit the penalty. As he comes out of the penalty box, so five minute major, comes out of the box. Um, oh, I can't remember his name. Um, Tyson Marsh. Yeah, mercy. Comes to our bench and goes, someone needs to fight me. <laughs> that. That's hockey. <laughs> so so Fitzy jumps the bench, fights, gets thrown out for jumping the bench. So we're now down to 5D. And Smithy hurts himself. So we're now down to 4D. And I'm sat there on the bench going, oh, no, I really don't <laughs> want to play this game. <laughs> I'm sat there and Finn is like, Sully, you're going. I'm like, all right. <laughs> Is there another Sully on the bench? <laughs> um, those, so those games of the Big Blue Tent, man, back then, when you guys came to town, same with Sheffield, Belfast, man, I'd remember when they're playing the Welsh National Anthem and you're standing there at the blue line all staring each other down. And, man, you knew it was on. And, like, there mm-hmm. were big boys. And I'd been playing in Germany where you you weren't allowed to fight. There wasn't that much mucking it up. There wasn't that – there was no tough guys. And then all of a sudden I got back into the real hockey, the real deal. And man, it was so much fun. <laughs> but you're right. Some of those times you're standing there and you're looking at Fitzy and you're looking at Chris Frank with, with his eye a little crossed. And you're like, oh, dear, this is on. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I remember my, so I think my first three years in, in Glasgow, um, every time we went to Cardiff, the big blue tent, um, would there be we went poop in the down. toilet when you got there? Because Dees would always leave poo in the toilet for the other team. Uh, no, we, we used to go, uh, we always went 5-0 down, got it back to 5 all, and we'd lose within a minute of overtime. Every, <laughs> we played there six times, every single time, 5-0 down, 5 all, within a minute of overtime, we'd lose 6-5. Jeepers, that's weird. Yeah, so six six games in, in three years. 
Uh, it was just expected. We'd, we'd go down there and be like, right, we're going to go five nil down, but don't worry, we'll, <laughs> we're going to get it back. To, we're going to get back to overtime. <laughs> um, but you and Finner must have a good relationship because I always say in hockey, it does matter who you know, and it matters someone having your back, and it matters um, people liking you and wanting you and like you've been with him for a long time yeah well you said i've been in the league a decade and seven of those are with finner and you know whether he was coach or gm or owner yeah um i'll be i'll be completely honest i despised him when i first played for him Uh, um obviously i i was I, i think i was the youngest player on the team by six or seven years um you know we had a lot of experience which was great for me being the young rookie coming in and going, oh my God, like um, Chris Frank, Zach Fitzgerald, like uh, Scott Arson. Scott Arson, um, another shed guy. There's a lot of shed guys on that team. And you know yeah, what's weird for me is like you said about that, I despised all you guys, hated all of you when I was playing against you. I couldn't imagine talking to guys on other teams. And uh, then once it's over and you see hockey more clearly and you're like, Oh, so we're just on different teams. We're all hockey guys. <laughs> yeah, and it's like when I first when I first went to Glasgow with Fido, it was um, I I was out of shape. Um, some I've of it was warranted. I would there. say that I've been there. Is that why yeah, you're staying I, off I the chocolate? I don't like when you're saying you're not eating the chocolate that you earn. You need to eat some. Well, uh, yeah. So I don't I don't know if you remember Neil Trim. Yep, big tall so, right handed shot. Yeah, great talent, unbelievable talent, um, but not the best skater no. in the world. I remember when he, he went to Denmark the year I was there, and he they, he didn't stay long, and then went back to the UK. Yeah, so um, he was, I think he was thirty-one when I was playing, when I went there as a twenty-year-old. So he's thirty-one, he's kind of whining. He's still, still a great player. When you're losing to him as in bag skates as a as a twenty year old rookie, <laughs> you, you know you know that the coach is going to come call you out, and we're we're stretching after the the bag skate, so we're stretching around the center circle, and uh, Finner skates home. It's like Sully, you go into the gym every day for the rest of the season until you're in shape, and I kind of went, okay. <laughs> Like what, what can you say? Like, well, and sometimes you don't know what it takes, and sometimes you don't realize like how much work it takes to be at the top of your game and it's the same for me yeah. when like i had done really well in college and i you know it was kind of, it was i was doing well and then when i got to pro and they determined i wasn't in good enough shape and then i saw what everybody else was doing and i was like yeah you're right and then that summer i had things to change you know yeah absolutely. so to put to put it into context i think that first year i went i was 95 kilos uh five foot nine 95 kilos i've been there <laughs> i came, yeah. I came <laughs> after back my knee surgery i got to that um i laid around yeah. and ate pizza and drank wine in germany for like months without walking do around or doing hurt. anything <laughs> there's nothing else to do when you're hurt no um but then the so i got a a proper ice hockey training program came back the next season at 75 kilos well that's a lot so lost, lost. 40, 44 pounds in a summer I the most I lost twenty six that year when I left college and went to the AHL and then um they said well you need to be in better shape so then I did get in better shape yeah. I got I had like abdominal muscles I'd never seen them before um <laughs> it was weird um but I was only a hundred and 
I was only 165 pounds when I went to Columbus Blue Jackets training camp. And um, yeah, I was in shape, but I couldn't play hockey the same way. Somebody would come exactly. to hit me in the corner and I couldn't reverse hit them. They they could run me right through the wall and I couldn't do nothing about it no more. When I had some junk in my trunk, I used to be able to like hit them back. <laughs> that's, that's exactly it. So I came back as 75 kilos and I felt great. I felt quicker. I felt, you know, my brain was working quicker. Yeah. But I could, I battling corner, no chance. Like Keitha would, one hand pushed me and I'd be flying into the to, out of the zone. Um, so usually like for, for the last seven or eight years, I've been, I've been around 82 kilos, which I found is I'm still agile enough, but equally I can go and battle the big boys in the corner and not get yeah completely embarrassed every single time. <laughs> yeah. No, I but you do. You do have to find that balance, you know. Like, yeah, you, very, you have to. Very... You have. You have to feel sexy in your own skin. You have to feel comfortable on the ice, right? And I would know when I was a kilo or two over, and I needed mm-hmm. to lose it because you'd feel it in the games. Oh, you, you know. know what I mean? Yeah, you know, and it's. Um, I think just because I've been playing in the league below for quite a while, and I was comfortable there, you know, I was never really. Out, like I was never out of breath in shifts or out of place and kind of stepped up and when I stepped up it wasn't a really it wasn't that much of a serious commitment it was just kind of like you know I want I want to see if I'm good enough if I'm not fine that was kind of my outlook on it you know if I can play I'll play if I can't okay that's fine I'll step back down and then kind of that season I kind of realized that I can actually I can I can I stay can in this season if I want to and then Kind of took it serious, maybe a little bit too serious, and came back too light. And then I was like, okay, I need to put weight on. And I actually got concussed that year, so I was out for four oh, weeks. I had TMJ dysfunction, whiplash, and a concussion. Um, Finner will want me to add in that he uh, confiscated my Xbox. <laughs> what so I confiscated your Xbox? Yeah. So um, we won't name names, but one of my teammates snitched on me and said I was playing Xbox uh, every day. I was not. I was not. I thought that's what hockey players do now. Yeah, but that's one of the worst things you can do if you're concussed. Oh, right. Uh, yeah. 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 So um, Finna called me in his office and said, so I, I heard you've been playing Xbox all day, every day. <laughs> and my version of events is I said, I'm not. You can have my Xbox. I'll bring it in. And he went, okay. His version of events is he confiscated my Xbox. Right. He didn't. I gave it to him willingly. Right. Um, but then it looks bad because I came back that weekend. So this was like the Tuesday. And then I came back playing on the, on the Saturday. Went into his office on the Tuesday and I'm like, give me my Xbox. I back. need that back. <laughs> <laughs> um, when I was hurt with my knee, man, that was the only time I really dove into the video games. Like I needed something to do in Germany to kill the day when you can't you're not mobile and uh yeah jeepers i was like i would play the ufc game on xbox and i was like ranked worldwide you know i was mucking it up out there <laughs> uh but the game has changed from way back like 2000 well i guess maybe i'm different than most but lunch beers used to be a thing after practice you know now it seems to be video games because man you you there's a lot of social media out there. There's a lot of people can take pictures and you get six to seven hockey guys having lunch and beers after a practice. It wouldn't take long for the coaches to find out nowadays. You yeah. Know? I mean, even uh, 
it was my my second year in Glasgow with Finna. Um, he called a team meeting. So I think we'd lost three. I think we lost three games, to, uh, four games to start the season or three out of four to start the season. And he calls us in and um, sits us down and we're ready to get ripped apart. And he goes, um, heard you guys aren't going out. And we're like, what? He gets it. Like, he gets it. Why aren't you guys going out every Tuesday? Like, if you Wednesday off for a reason. Yeah. And we're like, go be a team. Hey? And he's like, mandatory team night out every Tuesday for the rest of the season. <laughs> that like, is hey. so hockey. Whoa. God, that's hockey. <laughs> and you guys probably turned our... it around after that. Yeah, we did. But that was that was our head coach coming in and saying, pretty much, in not as many words, you're not drinking enough. Go and drink together as a team. But, but like, and people think I'm crazy, but like, Teams win when they're brothers, when they have each other's yeah. back. And I mean, there are some bad drunks in the hockey world that if you have a team event, if you're a bad drunk, no, you are. And, and, and don't get like that because that can also affect a team. But if you all go out and have fun together and then you have shit to talk about in the locker room the next day, you have shit to talk about for weeks. Like, do you remember when that guy did that? And do you remember when he did that? Like, that's what brings teams together. When when Scott Arson ran up the the indoor ski slope at at the uh, <laughs> Brayhead, yeah, I remember that one yeah. Halloween party, and he was uh, oh. skiing without skis, shall we say? There was, I've, uh, I've skied without skis too. <laughs> That's yeah, there was there was a email sent around to all the all the companies because it's two separate shopping centers, right? You know, you you got the like food court on the one, and then the shopping center. And uh, Intu sent an email to every single business saying, we've seen people going up and employees going up and down the ski slope after hours. Please like stop them from doing this or they'll be banned. Right. <laughs> that, we, that was, as a team, genius. we just played it off. We were like, no, 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 it wasn't us. Like we went to, we went to Bavaria, like the bar next to it, but we, none of us went on the ski slope. And then Finna goes, yeah, I've been sent the video, boys. <laughs> so we're like, oh yeah, yeah, that that was us. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but Finner knows what's up. I mean, he went through it, and uh, I I heard a story in the shed about like one night he was out, and the George brothers and Cardiff switched his whole apartment around. They made the kitchen like the living room, the living room, the kitchen, the bedrooms. Like they moved everything around while they were out for the night. And I just thought, man, that's like one of the most hockey stories I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's um well like even now, right? They're they're the stories that like we never played together, but they're the stories that we want to talk about and like reminisce about because they might not be the same stories, but you you've got stories that bring back happy memories, and you're like, yeah, that that was actually really really funny. So it's I, weird uh, when you're living the hockey life though, and all the fun stuff that's happening is like there is a lot of pressure, there's a lot of stress. The games are very important. And sometimes all this really funny stuff that happens, uh, you don't realize what you're living through. You don't realize how funny the stuff is and the stories are because there's so much going on and you're so focused on what you're doing. And it takes till you get out of the game and maybe years later when you get in your shed and start talking to people and it's like, man, that was some funny stuff we were doing. <laughs> What am I like when we were carved that 2014 15 season? We had like a secret Santa day or like a cabina fest where we had a hard practice and then had food and beers in the room, and then it was over. 
and Carl Hudson and Hendo and Deese decided to put on the goalie gear in the locker room and start firing pucks at each other in the locker room while drinking beers. And it's like, man, I don't think that stuff happens in hockey anymore. <laughs> we talking about Hendo. We we had him in in Glasgow for a little bit and. Uh... <laughs> I remember when him I've and told, Lord I've told Finna. <laughs> I've told Finna now, so I, I'm pretty sure that I can I can tell this story. But so we're I love when people there. start with I'm pretty sure I can tell yeah. this story. <laughs> um we're we're out for I think it was either Halloween or Thanksgiving, but we we were out, we're playing beer pong. And we were in Bavaria and it's it's a German German bar, so you got like the high benches and the high tables, kind of Bavarian style. Yep. We were playing beer pong on one of the tables and Hendo sat there, girlfriend next to him. Everyone's fine. Everyone's having a good time. We're playing beer pong. And all of a sudden, he just falls backwards. <laughs> like, falls backwards, falls off this high bench. And it's a, like concrete floor. Bounces his head off this concrete floor. And then obviously he's, he's not like he's concussed. Right, yes, he's yeah. there's no way he hasn't got concussion, so he's concussed, and he's not at practice on the Thursday, and like he's told our physio, it's like, hey, I'm not going to be able to play this weekend. So, Finna comes up, skates over to me on the ice. He's like, hey, like, do you know what happened to Hendo? Like, why is he not here today? I was like, oh yeah, uh, uh, <laughs> I think he's ill. <laughs> I don't know. He's like, did anything happen last night? I was like. No, definitely not. Nope. If it did, you didn't hear it from me. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he, he missed uh, he missed uh, two games, five practices because he li- literally sat there, absolutely fine. I'm, I'm talking to him, and then he stops mid sentence and just <laughs> falls back. Uh, yeah, so, so, speaking of Hendo, then I also have a funny story with Hendo. Uh, well, I have lots of them, actually. His son inspired a tattoo that is on a person's body of me topless, spray-painted with muffin mitts, and that was inspired by Hendo's son. But <laughs> my other funny Hendo story, and why he's one of my brothers for life, is uh, we had a costume dress-up party for my son's second or third birthday, and Hendo had ordered a Spider-Man-like you know, the whatever suit, like the skin tight suit. Well, it didn't yeah. come in time for the party. And he was so distraught that he didn't have the suit for my son's party and he never got to use it. Well, he gets health bombed one game. The team's on the road and I'm hurt. And uh, we were like, well, let's use these suits. We got dressed up. He was Spider-Man. I was Venom. And my son was Hulk. And we got the stroller with my daughter and we walked around Cardiff Bay dressed as superheroes. And people were like taking pictures with us and we were, or maybe weren't drinking wine out of Starbucks cups while we were walking around. And then we had a few more throughout the night. Well, my thing back in that, those days, I wouldn't go on the road, but if the fellows won, (laughs) my wife would uh, video me doing a dance for the fellows. And, you know, I'd get into my superhero stuff and do a dance for the fellows and put it on the group chat for like, way to go boys. You won. Um, Hendo and I did that dressed as Spider-Man and Venom in my apartment. Everybody's in bed. We put the tunes on and do a dance for the fellas. And then Laurel starts raging. He's like, so you got to be serious with me. Tomorrow's a huge game. Did Hendo have anything to drink today when you guys were doing all that stuff? 
I was like, oh, no, 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 not a sip. <laughs> None. And you know what? Hendo was a pro. He got in the lineup the next day, went out there, ran amok. Had a boy. <laughs> got to have your brother's back. <laughs> I was, um, I remember saying that. I think it was uh, Vegas left their first season in the league, in the NHL. And uh, we had, we had Jay Rosal on, um, on our team that year, I think. And uh, obviously he played, he, he knew, he skated with them all in the summer and all that kind of stuff. And, their first time in Vegas, the Maple Leafs boys went out, out before out. the game. Out, out. Out, out. Yeah. Oh, yes. They went out, out. Hockey. And then got pumped by Vegas the next day because they were actually a pretty good team. And uh, I remember the interview from the from the coach. He was like, yeah, well, you know, we got a lot of young players. And if they want to play in the NHL, they got to learn how to play guilty. <laughs> <was> like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, it wasn't like... Figure it Screw out. these guys! They went out and got hammered before a big game. It's like, yeah, you know, if they're going to do that, they got to learn how to play drunk, play hungover. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, is before Vegas was an NHL team, they were an East Coast team, and boy, oh boy, did the teams put that road trip on the schedule. You know, like when an East Coast team, when you're playing all those games, and then you get to go to Vegas, man. I don't I'm pretty sure every East Coast hockey player was playing guilty in Vegas back in those days, you know? <laughs> uh anywho. Um wow, we've just been chatting. I haven't even looked at my notes. Um, did you know the Continental Cup is happening in Cardiff this weekend? I did actually Finals. I saw it. Um I'm trying I so I, I'm starting another chocolate movement. I got my chocolate Manchester Storm. I have had fun with Cardiff in the past. We had uh, Buenos for the boys for my under 11 fellas. Um, and then we also had Twix on the ice for Matt Carruth. Um, that's how all the chocolate started way back then. Well, he's moved on to Herning. The, he is coming back with his new team, the Herning Blue Foxes, who throw Twix on the ice for him. They sell Twix out of his butt in the lobby. They have a cardboard cutout of him in Herning, Denmark, and they sell Twix out of his caboose. And I think that is so cool. Um, that we've started all that, my shed, and um, he's coming back. Mosey's back in Cardiff, and we had Kit Kat get that in Sheffield. I want those two teams to go out there and muck it up, and I want everybody to bring a Kit Kat and a Twix, and whoever earns it, throw that one and eat the other one. It, wouldn't that be hockey? That would be pretty cool. I don't know if Todd would get really mad at me if Carruth wins and they throw Twix on his ice. I understand how competitive he is, and he'd be right pissed off. But I mean, whoever earns it earns it, and it's like if your team wins, you're gonna get Kit Kats. Like I'm, I'm just trying to have fun, right? Extra incentive for the Cardiff boys. It is right, mm -hmm. and like it'd be a memory for life that this actually happened in the Continental Cup Finals. From talking in my shed, that'd be sweet business, you know. Yeah. It'd be like what's gone on in Manchester. It's like I never even played for Manchester, you know. I didn't even know any of you guys, and. uh and now to see what's going on over there, like that's as hockey as it gets, isn't it? I mean, I know, I know, we all we we definitely appreciate the chocolates after a game, right? And it takes everybody to win, and fans bringing chocolate does help, right? It motivates you. It is a it is an extra incentive to to go out there and perform well. Yeah, and uh, while you were saying your partner Adam likes uh, crunchies, right? But one thing I would say to you is, um, you said you're a bit pressured into posting it but i was really proud of you for posting that it's like be yourself be who you are you know yeah i mean it's i mean we've been we've been together since last november so it's not like it's uh 
it's not new. Not new, and you know, also with it <laughs> sound very bad. Um, I kind of explained to him that it was also to protect him because there are some strange people on social media, um, and I didn't want him, you know, getting direct messaged and all that kind of stuff. So, um, but the the final straw was one of the one of the other one of the other guys on the team, his girlfriend got his, her name on a chocolate bar. So that was the final straw. And he went, no, put me on your Instagram. I want a chocolate bar. So Right. And what was, wasn't that Trombley? Yeah. Sound, sound Trombley. Uh, Tristan got, uh, right. Got a little and chocolate bar, and so. that was awesome. And I saw that. I, I see things from my shed and she was the one that put on TikTok. Like the, I, I haven't been on TikTok really, but I got sent the video where she was like, I want chocolate too. I'm part of this. And it does take everybody to win, right? Happy hockey players play better. And your partners being happy makes happy hockey players. And that's how you win, right? Yes. It, it, uh, happy partners definitely helps. <laughs> you don't you don't want to be going back from practice to a, to an upset partner. I, I know that firsthand. So <laughs> Yeah. So we just want some gosh darn crunchies, right? <laughs> just one. Just one will be plenty. <laughs> just one with adam on it right yeah, just one director even of shed marketing one. jake will get this for us oh, yeah, he's always even, got my back <laughs> even a mini one would be absolutely fine honestly yeah um, uh, there's been quite a bit of chocolate throw on the ice though you know what i mean yeah well we we make sure when, when we because we obviously every team does their thing around the center circle so as we're as we're skating around and the fans are throwing the chocolate we we throw it all in the center circle so it's always in the picture Oh, when, we, when we do the celebration, it's God. always there in the picture. You can always see. I so do love it. Sure. Yeah. I on I it's it's neat. I mean, I uh went back way back when when we first chatted, it's like I just knew I had a passion to talk to my friends that I missed my friends. You were the first person I didn't know um, that I talked to, and then doing chatting with you and realizing I could chat with a hockey guy that I didn't know. Um, and then to see where it's gone and, uh, you know, it gives me more confidence as a person. Um, and gosh, darn it. It's been fun. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I always, I always feel like hockey's such a small world anyway. I didn't realize how small it was until man, I mean, my research team gets hot and now it's like every guy's linked. To I mean, Critch, Critch knows absolutely everyone. A guy gets signed in, in the elite league and he goes, oh yeah. Yeah, I, pl- I played against him here, or yeah, I know him from this. And I'm like, dude, is there no one you don't know? Like, seriously, like, he, I mean, he played with, um, he was roomies with Nathan McKinnon. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he's, know, a, he's a dandy, he's a leader, right? Like, he is like oh, the type yeah. of captain you need on a team. He's a, he's a natural born leader, you know. It's Manchester just... is lucky to have had him for as long as they have. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he's happy. That's the thing, and 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 he gets chocolate, and he earns he it. Gets chocolate. I mean, where else did you get chocolate? Yeah. Um, but no, he's he's happy. He likes it here, and um, you know, we we get treated well, despite what some other people might be saying on other podcasts. Um, you know, we have a, we have everything we need. Um, I actually just, didn't listen to that. I heard about it, but um, yeah, I read I the uh, I read the breakdown, but. You know, it's from from my personal experience, and and you know, ninety nine point nine 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 percent of guys who have played here, it's you'll you'll get everything you need, and if you don't have something and you ask, you'll get it as long as it's reasonable. You know, if yeah, you're gonna right. ask, for, 
You're going to ask for a brand new Mercedes. Well, it's all, it's all what, what you expect too, right? It's like you, when you go to Europe to play or, or the UK, like, man, you can get put in situations where you're not given that much, but it's like, well, what do you make of this? You know, it's like, I mean, there's, there's countries in Europe where you don't get paid half your paycheck. No, and they'll say, we'll play better if you want the rest of your money, right? And it's yeah, like, Carl, Carl Hudson, when he got to Cardiff, this is the, the type, this is the my type of guy. He lived without hot water for like a month or two because he didn't want to complain. He didn't want to ask for anything. And it wasn't until his wife was coming that he was like, uh, so my wife's coming. Uh, I haven't had hot water in my apartment. For <laughs> so then they got it fixed. They're like, why didn't you tell us? And he's like, well, I didn't, I didn't want to complain. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. No, it's like, um, I played with Chris Holt, goalie. I've heard um, the name. Don't know him. He got drafted to the Rangers the year before Henrik Lundqvist did. Tough break. Um, so uh, he played two NHL games, but he came from our, he came to us when we played in the CHL um, from a KHL team. And he was in a lawsuit with the KHL team to get the rest of his paycheck. That's yeah. that's the KHL. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. what most people consider the second best hockey league in the world. And he's struggling to get paid. Yeah. And that, like, that's never been a problem. I don't think anywhere in, in the UK. So, you know, it's... well, Manchester's probably getting pretty rattled with me because I still owe money, and I know I do, Finner. I'm trying to figure it out here. You know, I'm gonna have more raffles. Um, and I heard I'm allowed to have a pop up stand at one of your games, so now I just have to coordinate that. And um, wouldn't that be neat that while you guys are mucking it up out there and trying to earn chocolate, that there were like shirts and hats and sweaters for sale for shed fans? And I, I, man, just seeing people wear the stuff like it melts my heart. And then to think I can pay your team back by selling my stuff that's hockey people helping people yeah and that's that's the thing i mean like every, like i was saying like everyone knows everyone like even if you know i um we went out with one of the teams i think when i was playing in glasgow we our very back got cancelled because of bad weather um and it wasn't a case of oh no what do we do it was the Belfast boys were like Want to come out and have a yeah. couple of beers? Like, well, that's no hockey. Problem. Yeah, I, rem- I remember like, when Belfast came to Cardiff and uh, we were mucking it up at that O'Neill's place downtown. And we went, we played them, we gave her tits, both teams, and then both teams were at O'Neill's and we were all just mixing up having beers. And it was, it was kind of like a rugby culture like you go out, you give her, and then you have a couple beers and talk about it. That's hockey, better, better than rugby, yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I've just heard. I don't know much about it. I, I just thought they mucked it up and then they could have pints together. But I think that's the coolest yeah, thing they, ever. They do some weird stuff as well. The rugby players. They're, they're very. Um, my my experience from my school days, and I probably annoy some of my school um, school colleagues. Um, the rugby players were always the ones with who were up themselves. They were always the arrogant ones. Really? They think they're special. Always oh, oh, yeah, we played rugby. And so, Do you yeah, know what, yeah. though? In Canada, that can be hockey players. There's hockey guys that think they're sweet business because they're good at hockey. Um, so that's, I, you know, they're yeah. usually not the shed guys that go to the UK, though. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the guys playing for the love. <laughs> well, even, even like um, I was on uh, 
one of your rival podcasts, so I won't mention their name. No, uh, actually, do it. Free ads. 4,000 yeah, counting, but, probably, right? Nikki Watt? Yeah, I was on 4,000 counting recently, and we were talking about Joe Morrow. And, um, you know, they, they just cast, like, what what's he like? And I think a lot of people, when we signed him, were kind of like, oh, he's going to hate it here. Like, he's going to be so arrogant. He's he's not going to try. He's not going to care. But he's the complete opposite. Like, he cares. Like, he's, he's the first, like... He's trying, like he's pushing the pace in practice, making sure we're holding ourselves to like a standard. And, you know, this guy has played everywhere. Like he has nothing left to prove, but he's here. He's enjoying himself. He's working hard. And like, I think he's like, I think it was the minority when we signed him, but like quite a few people on Twitter and Instagram were kind of like, oh, he's way too big a name for here. But like, he's, he's fully bought in. You know, he's fully bought into. And that's what you yeah, need. I, I saw it though in Europe. Like I did see NHL guys come over. Fans thought they were going to be more than they were. Um, the player thought he was going to be more than he was. And um, like, especially in Germany, it's a different game. You bring over an NHL third, fourth liner. Well, that does, you're, you don't become a goal scorer because you go to Germany. It's like, if you're a third, fourth liner, you're a third, fourth liner. And um some of the guys were quite arrogant and, um, you know, thought they were above the league and like, you know, they'd be toe dragging at the blue line last man back and just not playing right. It's like, you wouldn't be doing that in the NHL. So why are you doing that here? But it's awesome to hear when good dudes come over and give her yeah. the way it's supposed to be, yeah. you know, um, you guys do have a good squad though. Um, you guys, how many, well, you got three lines or four lines. You only got three lines, don't you? We got three and two. Two extras. So, two extras, yeah. Uh, that be we, I think, I think we kind of, I think it was, um, I mean, one of our extras is, is Connolly, 16-year-old British kid. And he's phenomenal. He's he's he's, he's going to be a he's, player, he's eh? Seen his his brain. I was thinking I'd let him get a little older before I try and get him in the shed. You know, he might get nervous talking to an old yeah, fat he, guy. He, he de- he definitely would would be nervous. Um, so this this was actually quite funny. I was talking to one of the boys the other day about it, and um, when I first started playing in Slough, Adam Calder was our one of our imports, and he kind of immediately took me under his wing as his son, his hockey son. <laughs> yeah, he was my dad. I was his son, and and even during games, like when it was heated, he'd be he'd, he'd still be calling me son, and still expecting me to call him dad. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, he like expected we, you to call him dad. Yeah, it was like like sorry, dad, or like things like that. Like he he expected me to like chirp back with yeah. And uh, I got gotcha. you. It's You're kind of weird because. Yeah. It's gone like full circle and Connor's cut. Like I sit next to him in the room. So I talk to him every morning and like he's like my hockey son. Right. And it's, it's so weird. I, I'm not making him call me dad or anything weird like that. Um, <laughs> no, just it's put that it's out daddy. Nothing weird. But no, like, and, and the thing I love about our group this year is, you know, like we practice, we practice three, four times a week, every week. We play two games every week. It it could be it it would be easier for the guys to get straight off after practice. You know, whistles done, stretch, get off. But the number of guys on our team that stay out there with Connor and work on things with him, and it, it reminds me of 
when I first stepped up, probably when when you were still over here, where it was like, no, I'm invested in you getting better. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it's not to be. It's not to be that guy who can be like, oh, I played with that kid when. It's just yeah. because that's what you do. Yeah. No, I. Uh, you know. You. I totally know what you mean, time. man. I. So, like it's. I. I mean, when I came back from hockey, you know, you don't. I wasn't. I wasn't proud of the things I'd done. I resented the game. I hated where it put me in life. Um, you know, unemployed, two kids, uh, wife that can't work in Canada. And you're like, I am so fucked. And it makes you not like the game much and where it put you. And then once you get through it all and you get out the other side and then you get in your shed talking. The year I played in Helbron, Germany, who asked me to kindly leave after, I thought I had a pretty decent season. Um, five of the, my puppies that year, they were like under 20 years old. I took time to like try and get them to love hockey, enjoy what they're doing, feel comfortable, feel into it. That fo- at least four of them are will be getting their jerseys retired in on teams in Germany. And to think like I didn't do that, they did that. But to feel like you helped a little bit, um, yeah. is a pretty neat feeling. And when you think four guys off one team are going to get their jersey retired, it's like, well, is that a coincidence or like did I actually help? Um, but then like coaching kids around here now, it's like there are some people that would just be in it for their kid, but it's like when you see kids with potential and you're like, man, I want to see you go places. I want to get you as good as you can be so you can go do this stuff. And then when you do it, I could come watch and feel a part of it, you know? Yeah. And I I think everyone wants to see him. You know, I think everyone's got himself included. Everyone's got aspirations for him to go beyond the elite league. Um, He's that good, eh? Oh yeah, I mean he's sixteen he's, playing he's, pro, right? And you know that what that reminds me of is Tom Kuhnhackle. The reason my son wears number fourteen, he played for the pro team in Germany as a seventeen-year-old. Um, he played for Landshut the year after I was there, and um, he was seventeen years old playing professional hockey. And pretty neat that kid's doing it in Manchester, and they're they're giving him the chance. Yeah, I mean. It- if he if he wasn't wearing a cage, you wouldn't think he was sixteen. Put it that way. He's he's a man. He's just sixteen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know he he's he's fast enough. He's strong enough. He's skilled enough. He's just sixteen. Yeah. Um. And he's it's obviously his first year coming from. You know he's only he's only played juniors over here, so it's it's not like he's been playing with kids as good as him in North America or Scandinavia, where where it is. So. You know, he's been his his entire junior career is I'll get the puck skate through everyone at school. Yeah. Yeah. Which you can't do with pro hockey unless you're Connor McDavid. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, you do have to learn that though. And it's the same yeah, for it's... kids in Canada, man. You get in a league where you're better than everybody, then what what I try to explain to people is like you get parents talking about passing, passing, passing. It's like, well, every hockey player when they get the puck is deciding what's the best option with this puck? And sometimes there's kids that it's like, well, if I pass it to him, he's going to lose it. We're going to give the puck away where I could just skate through and score. So am I not the best option right now? And it's like, you have to get into better leagues and play against better competition to have to pass the puck. Cause it's the better option. And cause that guy can handle the puck and take it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And like, that's, I think that's, that's what he's kind of struggling with the most, you know, stepping into a league where, 
and this is no offense to him, he's not the best player. Right. You know, he's, well, he's, he better not be at 16. Exactly. <laughs> if, he, if he is, he, he should be elsewhere. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I think he's kind of struggling with that a little bit. And then, then obviously, like the decision making part of the game, the the higher the the higher the level, the quicker it needs to be. And and again, it's it's, it's like like I said earlier, his his body is like he he's ready to play pro hockey. It's it's just his brain needs to like catch up a little yeah. bit. Well, and it, it's true. I when I left college and went to the A, and like you do a power play practice or whatever. And the guys are on you way faster. The sticks are way longer. The body positioning, everybody's all in the right spots and they're pressuring you at the wrong times. And you're like, oh man, this is way harder. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, I mean, he'll, I've, I've no doubt he'll succeed and you know, touch wood, nothing. He doesn't get any injuries or anything like that. And, you know, I think everyone involved with us this season is kind of excited where where, where he, he ends where, up. yeah well yeah. And then with there he's not the only young pup, puppy you got on that squad eh? there was a a shed guy goalie that uh got in the net here when when he was hurt and uh he's really kicking him out there three straight wins eh? as an 18 year old goalie yeah i need to, i need to listen to that episode because i want to I want to know if the voice he puts on with us is the same as one the one who spoke to him with. Oh, we had a great um, chat. I don't know what he talks to you guys like, but yeah, he's a great kid. Yeah, he is. He's um again, it like it's it's his first pro year. He was in Blackburn last year, so he was skating with us. Um, so for the last few years, we've we've carried three goalies in practice. And you've been grooming so them. The start the starter doesn't want to do this drop. All right, fine, step out. We got a third goalie to go in. Yeah. Um, and he was our third guy last year, and he obviously impressed. That's that's why he got given his contract this year. And um, yeah, there's 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 um, definitely he's good. You can't deny he's good. You know, to come into this league as an 18 year old, and and I think we were two one down when he came in when when he got hurt. So you're not coming into a game where we're six nil up. Yeah. You know, you're coming into a game where it is very much on the line. I think it was one-one actually. Um, you know, this game could go either way. Yeah, and you need to play well for us to have a chance to win. Um, and no, I mean, he came in and and he did a. I I think he did himself proud. I mean, we beat we beat Nottingham that night. We went to Nottingham the next day and and won in uh, overtime, and then uh, beat Guildford at home on the twenty sixth in a shootout. So he's he's got one of each. <laughs> A regulation, a shootout, and a and a and a, a overtime. So, yeah. no, but and what and an experience for an eighteen-year-old goalie, man! Like I know I've talked to Bouncy about it. It's like coming up as a young Brit to actually get time in a net in the EIHL is hard to do. And yeah, and and he's he took it with both hands. I mean, we had a game against. Uh, we played Sheffield at home on the first. Um, so we'd brought in a another import uh import goalie as most teams do around this time of year, um, and he got hurt during the game against Sheffield. Who did the so, import goalie? Winnie's Winnie's been hurt the last time we played an import goalie. We we play our new import goalie. He gets hurt, um, and Alex went in again, and he and he 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 does his job like you can't ask like he stops he stops the easy ones and he. Gives you a chance to win the game, and that's all we really ask for him. And that's all you um, can ask for with a goalie. 
Yeah, and I I know that. So the new goalie got hurt right away. Yeah, he got hurt in uh, late in the third period against Sheffield, and uh, Alex went in again. So and that goalie's there the whole year. He wasn't just like injury covered. Like now, you guys got three. We've got three for the rest of the season. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think I'm not. I'm not. I'm not making any coaching decisions for anyone. (laughs) I'm not. I'm not into your roster moves either. I'm just having fun. (laughs) Um, but no, he's um. Yeah, I mean, he's 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 done himself proud in the games that he's played, and I think kind of along the lines of what I was saying with Connor, he still has some things to to learn about how the hockey and and for sure, especially at sixteen. When I was sixteen, I. Man, I was probably still wet in the bed. <laughs> yeah, so you know he's uh, the the one that the one that makes us laugh at the moment is um I live with Alex, so I live with Mikey Coral, Alex, and and Mitch uh, Mitch Martin. You're uh, in a house full of shed guys. Mitch hasn't been on here yet. Mitch Mart Mitchell Martin. Mitchell, Mitchell Martin, yeah, sure he has, sure has. has. Oh God, yeah. yeah. Before, I right um, at the start of the season, then he went out and scored some goal, big goals, shed boost. Yeah, he's he's incredible hockey player. To be to be quite honest, um, runs rings around me in practice. So there you go. Um, but no, like we've got a good house, and you know he'll he'll be. Alex has got friends in in Manchester, so he'll be going out to see his friends, and we'll be watching TV, and he'll come in, and he'll go. Hey guys, like I'm, I'm just gonna go out and and see my friends in Manchester. I've I've got the car, and then I'll be back around like six p.m. So I'll be back before like before everyone goes to bed. And <laughs> we're sat there like we don't care, man. Like you yeah, want to go, go out, go out. Yeah, do yeah. We're all <laughs> pros here now. You're you're old enough. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> you're, you're an adult. You want to go out with your friends. Go out with your friends. We don't need to. <laughs> but it's, it's it's not like. It's just funny. It's not, it's, it doesn't harm yeah. us. No, it's, 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 it is. I get it though. It's like when we first went, uh, I went to Western Michigan and like you get your, you're always telling each other, like, I'm going to go here now. I had to go here now. And you're like, and then eventually you're just like, okay, like I don't need to tell anybody what I'm doing. I just gonna go do yeah. it. <laughs> uh, but it's neat that those two kids are getting a chance with your squad. Um, and that, yeah. like, I guess now you have the extra import goalie. I don't know how injured he is, but like that Alex got in games and got to do her at that age, man, those are memories for life. And also he's, you know, he's, it's, uh, I think it was huge for him personally, because I think, I think until you, until you've played, Obviously, I'm not goalie, so I'm I'm putting myself in a backup goalie's shoes. Until you played, you know, you you watch when it, when he's, in my opinion, the best goalie in the league. He's doing. So it, you know, yeah, you're backing up the best goalie in the league. And he might not have the best save percentage or the best goals against average, but he's the best goalie in the league. So you're backing him up, and you're kind of sat there going, "I'm I'm not as good as this guy. He's the best goalie in the league." Yeah, and that like. If that was me in 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 that situation, I'd probably it would probably not my confidence. So the fact that he's gone out there, we, we won three straight as a team with him in goal. That I mean, I I can't imagine the world of good confidence that gave him. But it also gives Ginner the confidence in him. Yes. Oh yeah. You know, 
Well, when, as soon as Wenny got hurt, I guaranteed that Ginner and Finner were scrambling. Like, we need a goalie, we need a goalie. Like, he's 18, he hasn't played, oh my God. And then he goes out there and wins you three straight games. <laughs> yeah, and it's... it's Ginner's almost got that, you know, when he's tired or uh, Logan gets tired and, you know, or we're going through a stretch where, for whatever reason, we're not winning games with Winnie and Logan and Net and... Ginner's now got that luxury of going, okay, like I can there give Alex another option. Yeah. Yeah. I have, I have a third option, which is, I mean, for a lot of teams that don't have Ben Bounds or Jackson Whittle, that's not an option. That's not a real viable option. You have two import goalies and they split games. Um. So yeah, I think it's, I think it's huge for, for Alex and like, we were all happy for him, obviously. Like he's, He's the annoying little brother on our team, but you still <laughs> want to see your annoying little brother succeed in life. So, um, oh, yeah. he, I think he's a beauty. He's <laughs> yeah, it's, it's great. And, you know, he's. Well, it's neat for um, me, too, right? Being out of the game for so long. And then, like, uh, like I'm a Cardiff devil, but, like, I've been having so much fun with Manchester and, like, to get to know him. And then, like, I didn't give it. I I never cared who won or lost a game anywhere in the world for like five years. I wouldn't pay attention. I wouldn't care. Um, now like I care again. I care if Cardiff wins. I care if Manchester wins. I care about the people I talk to and like to see that kid do that. It was like, man, that's wicked awesome. Yeah, it, it is, and you know, I think we were all happy for him. And I, I like as you know, I think. Um, when when your backup plays, you do play differently as a team. You know, you you protect him. You make you you put extra emphasis on making sure that those shots come from bad parts of the ice or good angles for for Alex to deal with. Maybe and, a little less cheating, you could say, more on the yeah, deep side, bit. keeping them to the outside. Absolutely, and um, but you know, like like any game, you could play as defensively as you like. You're still going to have defensive breakdowns. Yeah. And whenever we had a defensive breakdown, and and you're talking some serious grade A opportunities against some very good players, and he was still keeping them out. So, I mean, I had I had, you know, as a D man, I I had quite a lot of fun playing in front of him. To be honest, it was it was nice to turn around and not see Winnie every time shouting at me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I yeah, I think the 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 Guildford game we we obviously got beat quite heavily. I think that was just kind of that fatigue of, um, you know, making sure in every defensive play that, that catches up with you. And well, yeah. um, you had won three in a row, I think. Right. And then, yeah. And, and like, that was like, we didn't lose five nil cause Alex was in goal. We would have lost five nil with anyway. Jonathan quick in goal in his yeah. prime. Yeah. You know, we, yeah. we were just absolutely shattered as a team. And, um, you know, Alex. Alex still made some unbelievably unbelievable saves and like good saves. I, I think we were one nil down for the majority of the first period, and you know he's keeping us in it. Yeah, you know he's making saves to keep us in it, and that gives you confidence as a team. To like, I know when 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 a backup goes in, you you kind of go, oh no. But very quickly in that Nottingham game, we were like, no, he's he's comfortable. Like we're fine. We can we can carry on playing. You know, well, I I played on teams where the goalie wasn't good enough. Um, I play on teams where, I mean, they weren't good enough to keep you in games or to steal a game. And um, 
it was weird because it's almost like as soon as the other team would cross the red line, whether you're on the bench watching, like your, your butt would pucker up a bit. You're like, Oh my gosh, they're going to get a shot on that. Oh my gosh. Like it's going to go in. And like, when you play like that and um, when your team's mental state is like, we can't let them get a shot. Like you can't play as free and easy. And once you realize that, your goalies can do it it can you can you can play different yeah and I think that was you know obviously our preseason wasn't wasn't particularly fantastic there wasn't a lot of chocolate we were saving that (laughs) um but I think as but you know what's funny is preseason doesn't matter (laughs) exactly we went on four and and we're we're fine you know we're I know our league position doesn't look great at the moment, but we know we've got a team that can that can win games. So, and you're right in it, like you know, you... yeah. And it, the, I th- but I think like like you were saying, you know, we we had Winnie come in. He's a new goalie. I don't think anyone had really played with him. Uh, maybe Stephen Johnson had played played with him, and it was almost like those four games were kind of like, okay, like is he good enough? Uh-huh. And I think that that was where nothing against Winnie, it would have been any any goalie it would have been the same thing. That new goalie is we we kind of didn't have we had a lack of confidence in if we break down, is he going to stop it? Whereas now we're like you should see him in practice, he's outrageous. <laughs> Some of the sexy things. Um, but now it's just kind of it's it's not almost like oh we can break down that we'll be fine, but it's we can play. Yeah, and if you, you got, make you got the confidence mistake, in him, yeah. yeah. If we make a mistake, he's there, you know. Well, and like, like to bring back my experiences because that's what I try to do here in the shed is we went to Cardiff. The new ownership took over. Todd Kelman takes over. Ben Bounds has already signed from the previous owners. He already has his deal. He's never he's been a starter, but not on one of the top teams. And they had him signed. We have Mike Will at the backup. We have two brick goalies. And the start of that season didn't start out like we're a contender. We didn't start out like we're near the top. And um, there were people questioning whether or not Ben Bounds is a starter in this league, whether or not he can be a championship goalie in this league. And there were a lot of questions and there was a lot of background chatter. And then people still ask those questions. It's insane. And he he kept getting better and better and better. And then I watched him go to his hometown of Sheffield in the challenge cup final in front of a sold out barn and win us a hockey game two one and stopped all the pucks he needed to stop. And he, he is a winner. He's a championship goalie. That's one everywhere he goes. And um, you need someone to give you the chance to prove it. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, there was a, there was a lot of talk you know, six, seven years ago back when GV was an option for me. Um <laughs> Uh, that um, you know, there weren't enough good, good young Brits coming through, and, and you know, I'm I'm under no illusions that when I was 16, 17, people, elite league owners, elite league clubs would have looked at me and said, "He's not good enough." But I was given the chance. Yeah, and I'm I'm a firm believer of until you throw someone in at the deep end and see if they sink or swim, you have no idea whether they are good enough or not. You know, you got you got. Plenty of young Brits in this league now that six, seven, eight years ago, teams just wouldn't have taken a chance on them. You've got Jack Hopkins in in Coventry, Archie Hazeldine in Coventry, um, Sam Talbot in Guildford. He's in, he's incredible hockey player. 
Um, Sean Norris was given the chance last year in Belfast. He's he's a treble winner already. Yeah. <laughs> after after one season, um, you know we we've got Connolly and Alex, and the only difference between them and the Brits from six and seven years ago is these ones were given the chance. Yeah. Well, you have these to ones were given chance, here's yeah. a contract, prove yourself. And they have. They've done it. They've they do it game in, game out. And when it's the same thing you're talking about at practice, when you're saying Martin is good in practice, it's like practicing with better people makes you better, right? Yeah, Martin. I didn't good. say Mitch is just good in in practice. He's he's, he's pretty he, damn good. He's a player. Yeah, he's a player. Um, <laughs> no, but like it makes you better though, right? Competing with good players every day. Um, it, it, it's what you need. And it's the same as like Josh batch when he had only played junior in the U S and then, uh, and then he gets signed <laughs> by Cardiff and it's like, well, you probably weren't EIHL caliber when they first signed you as a 20 year old coming out of junior, like a lower league in the U S but man, like to see his rise and like the last couple of years, I've seen a little bit of Cardiff devil games and He's still getting better. Like he and he'll do anything for the team. And that's what I love about Brits. I love them about the hockey people they are. And um, I think that's how the whole shed exists was when I went to Cardiff, the Brits were the best teammates I had ever had. They didn't really they weren't bitching about ice time. They'd go out and block any shot. They'd do it with any part of their body. And they just wanted to win. And they were teammates. And they also enjoyed having fun away from the rink and it brought back my love of hockey. You know, there was a, there was a running joke when I first went to Glasgow. <laughs> so I, the Brits, the Brits when I was in Glasgow, when I first went, Ben Davies, who's got his, he's got his testimonial this year. Yeah, he does. I've been trying to get him on, man. Punk won't I'll, I'll give him a message. He's in my fantasy football group, so I'll, I'll uh, yeah. let him know I want him in the shed. And get him. I want to promote yeah, his big match. I'll tell him. Uh, tell him the commissioner's told him to to come on. I'm commissioner, so um, he's confirmed you know, he had... come on. I just haven't got a hold of him. <laughs> yeah. Um. So we got we have Ben Davies, Matt Hayward, who had his testimonial in in Glasgow. Um. That's a good Hunter. bunch. Of, that's a good bunch of Brits there. Yeah, and uh, I'm missing one. Can't remember. But we we had a running uh, Lee Esders. That's it. Um, and we had a running joke that all Brits were good for is PK. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's exactly what he's with block shots. Yeah, yeah take yeah. a one timer from three foot away from us, and we go down to block. Shot. We are going to block that thing. But and you but see then, that with the culture with Team GB, like territory. Uh, yeah. So we we had the running joke, and then we that year as a as a rookie, Finner was putting me out on a five on three kill, and that's cool. So we've got we've got ex NHL D men, and he's like Sully five on three go. I'm like, oh okay, <laughs> sure. Um, but then you 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 start playing against the other teams, and you like I didn't know anyone in the league really when I first stepped up, and uh, you start working out who the Brits are. Um, and then you start watching the game. <laughs> We're always on the kill, first on the kill. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the teammates you need, though. Is that's how you win? Is the guys that will do anything? And uh, I did find that with Brits, it is hard to break into the league because of all the imports. And the guys that do are like, "I'll do anything," <laughs> you know. Yeah, Just let me I, play. 
I think that's our culture and like, you know, we're we're not delusional. We know we're not gonna play in the NHL or win a Stanley Cup or anything like that. But for us, like it's a dream. You know, we we get to play hockey for we get to play hockey and golf for a living. And, and you're you're in your NHL. It's like I yeah. what I try to explain to people is like people in North America only talk about the Stanley Cup. They only talk about the NHL. Like the AHL, nobody even talks about. It. It's a great league. Nobody gives a shit about the AHL in North America as a fan. Um, but like there's a lot of leagues in the world where it's it's that country's NHL, right? Like it's their biggest thing. And like you guys should be proud when you make it because there's not that many Brits that get to, you know? Yeah. And I think, I think that's, you know, when you, when you go back and you were saying that, I mean, I'm sure we both had some bad teammates along with the good ones. And I think with, for the Brits, we always took offense when guys came over and chirped the standard of the league. Yeah. And it's not, it's not, you know, chirp the refs, chirp the rinks, whatever you want, but chirp the hockey. Yeah. And we take offense because you know that this is this is ours. Yeah. We're, pra- we're we're like we might we might not seem it because we're laid back and we turn up to practice, have a cup of tea and a biscuit. <laughs> but we can't, you know. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and well, if and like if someone's and... gonna come over and chirp the level of hockey, you better be really doing her out there if you think you can say yeah. something. <laughs> so it's, it's For that, me, I, mean, I had I, the I'm... opposite. I came over thinking I was gonna be hot shit, and then I got out there and I was like holy moly, there's a lot of players out here. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think that's, you know, it's... I, I, I remember getting chirped by a guy. Um, it's a forward for Manchester when I was playing in Glasgow. I can't remember who it was, but we were kind of battling in front of our net. I was making sure that he... Well, trying to make sure that he didn't score. And I succeeded this time. Whistle went, and I kind of gave him one last shove. And he went, hey, come back to me when you played in the AHL. And I turned around, I'm like, okay. hey, buddy, you're here yeah. now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we're playing in the Way same Way to league. go. You did it. You made the AHL. <laughs> yeah. But that's, that's like, to go back to Joe Morrow, like, he never brings up the time. Like, oh, he, like, if, if he comes off after a play and someone says, nice play, he's like, oh, thanks, man. Like, genuinely, oh, thanks, man. It's never like, oh, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Like, I played in the NHL. Like, this is nothing. It's like, he, he sounds like a shed guy. You better tell that guy he needs to come to my shed. I think he has like too many followers. He doesn't see when I write to him. And I was like, hey, come to the shed. You know, I think he's too Yeah, he's, uh, he's probably too busy at the golf simulator, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Loves his golf. Him and him and Critch have been playing a little bit of golf recently. Obviously, it's um, I think it's going to snow this week. So the weather isn't ideal. But they went to Morton. Really nice golf club around manchester um and critch is pretty much a scratch golfer right? that guy can do it all eh? i wonder yeah, why i, I sponsored think... him Better joe pay for that um, joe hit a 72 or 73 so they're both that very good, good. And they both yeah they both really enjoy it so um that's that's kind of the uh the flip side of hockey. If you play hockey, you play golf. <laughs> yeah, I, and I don't play hockey anymore, and I don't have time to golf anymore. <laughs> you know? There you go. That's how it works. <laughs> when I played hockey, I had time to golf. <laughs> yeah, you do. You do. Well, you know what? I have a real world meeting coming up that I need to go to soon. Um, 
Do you have anything else? All I all I got is you said you're at the tail end of your career. I know you've been in the league for a decade, but dude, you're only 29. Yeah, I know, but you know, real life comes quick and fast at you, doesn't it? Have you ever thought of life after hockey? I have. Um, it's a tricky world out there. It is, um, and it's never really something that you want to think about. But you know, my my mom and dad make sure that I'm thinking I'm about prepared, it. So no, I, I, I did my. Uh, I started my accountancy levels last year alongside hockey. So accountancy. Kind of, yeah, I'm good with numbers. I'm weird like that. See, accounting, like I was in all the business stuff. Accounting was the one I really just, I'd get through it. I just really didn't enjoy it. It's numbers. You're either good at it or you're not. My my whole family's good at numbers. So, um, well, teacher a thing. <laughs> yeah, and my mom runs a runs a child a child nursery back home. So, um, she's always looking for accountants and and bookkeepers and stuff. So. Well, you've been in Manchester for half a decade now, um, and you're saying back home. Um, it is interesting, right, when you hockey players set up shops different places. Like, there's hockey players scattered all over the world. Some people go home when it's all over, and some people stay wherever they're at, right? Some people go home. Some people stay home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was uh, when I went to New Zealand, there was uh, a guy playing in Queenstown. And he came over. He, I was told, he came over twelve years ago, and never left. Yeah, probably drafted to the NHL. Drafted to the NHL. Uh, Matt Schneider came over. Went to New Zealand twelve years before I went, and just stayed. Uh, but so, so many guys, you know. Um, Hendo's, well, I mean, Hendo's in Cardiff. Finners Finn is in Manchester. Uh, Mike Mike Moran, he came over. Back in the old Manchester Storm days, when they were playing in the MEN Arena, and he's yeah. still here. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Well, and when hockey players go all these different places, and then you know they fall in love, and then next thing you know, they're there forever. And you know, when you're a parent and you got kids coming up in hockey, and you think of it from our side, um, you know, when we're out there doing our hockey thing, you're not really thinking about what it's like. But it's like I was gone for. 14 15 years like miss all the holidays miss all the birthdays miss everything because you're gone playing hockey and like that can't be that much fun for the parents that want to see their kids you know yeah i mean i know obviously spoke about scott arson on a few podcasts but he's one probably up there with top three favorite d partners ever and um, he was a player, man. I I respected yeah. him as a player playing against him when he was in Brayhead. There, like that's why I had him on. Was I? I, I mean, he yeah, was, he he did he it. He did it all. Points. Yeah, he was top ten points that year as a as a D man. I think he had. I think he scored three goals and had something like seventy three assists. Yeah. <laughs> no, he, watching him play, like he wasn't that flashy. He just did everything right. Yeah, and but he he um he. Called a called an end to his career when when Max his his eldest was old enough to start going to school. He's he said it's time to be done. Call it a day and think about the kids. And he's back back home in Canada. And yeah, um, I know Keith is in a very similar similar boat with with his eldest. And it's a shame when it's a shame when you know it's a shame when any guy that you get on with retires. And what I it, find it a shame is. Be, all the good people that you want in hockey 
the Keithers, the Scott Arsons, the Stefan Myers. It's like myself. Um, people have asked like why I never tried to get into coaching or this or that. It's like, well, I wanted to put down roots for my kids. I wanted them to feel like they had a home. It was never an option for me. I never really tried to do it um, because I wanted my kids to have a home, which they have now. Um, but then it does take you completely away from the game because if you want to be in the game and get paid for it, you got to move around. <laughs> yeah. And that that's the thing. Like it's, it's for me, it's always a shame when those guys kind of leave and, and decide to call, call it a day. But for me, it's, it's nice to see them do it on their terms. Yeah. They're, they're, they're making the decision because life has come at them. You know, their, their, their child is old enough to, to start their life properly. Yeah. And, and then you got to give them like what say, they they're, need. They're good. They're the good teammates and they're, they're the good human beings that put put their family first and go. You know what? Well, it's time to time to come home and and start their lives off properly. And you know, as Keitha and Keitha and Mizey both came back for their um, wall of honor that the Glasgow clan do. Um, they're in the wall of honor. Those two punks. Yeah, and uh, they came back for Matt Hayward's testimonial, and it was, you know two or three of the best nights with them because it's it's yes. much like this. You know, you reminisce about the, oh, yeah. the stupid and funny stuff that you used to do. And because it's so long ago and it's it's kind of, it, it's just, yeah, it's, I mean. Oh, it's, if anybody has any idea how much fun I'm having in my shed, you actually have no idea. Um, I wish I had more time to do it. Like, I wish I could do this every day because um, it makes my day better. I get to bring back the old guy that did leave the game eight years ago now and I get to be that guy again I get to meet new people I get to see old friends and it's like this is everything I need and I get to coach hockey and yeah I work all day but I work with great people um and you know we do all that stuff but I also get to be the hockey guy too you know and it's because of dandies like you that make the time for me it's like we didn't even set this up until 30 minutes before we started and I had nothing planned other than I wanted to have you on. And here we are. We've talked for shit nearly two hours. And uh, I hardly wrote down any notes. <laughs> hockey guys are hockey guys. They're, they're easy to talk to. <laughs> yeah. Right? And we're right. going to get a crunchy for Adam next whole Crunchy, minute, for, Adam. Right? crunchy yeah. for Adam. Yes. Please, for the love of God, please. Hockey players pl happy <laughs> hockey players play better, and we need happy partners, right? And he wants a gosh darn crunchy, right? He wants. So he said, he said it very coyly. I'll try and try and imitate. Get into this. Are you going to trouble for this? <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble for this. So, is Pride Week coming up? And I think it would be really fitting if for Pride Week that someone could throw me a crunchy on the ice with my name on as your partner for Pride Week. Right. And that'd be hockey. That's 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 how it was approached by Adam. And I don't disagree with him. Um, you you know the other side of that though, right, Adam, is that you fellas have to earn them, right? You don't just get your well, chocolate bar without winning. Yeah, I did. I did get a lot of grief from uh, a lot of the boys when they when they found out that was the, that's the first post. <laughs> but hey, 
I think it's so deep though when I see something like that and you're like, he wants a crunchy. And I was like, that this has even started in Manchester, that this is even a thing that people are asking for chocolate bars. I think it is just so much fun. (laughs) Yeah, it was, uh, it needed to be done. It did need to be done. But I, he knows that he knows I, I believe my private life's my private life. So, and that's Um, true. That's true for everybody, right? And, uh, I'm proud of you for, you know, like I, who I am and what I'm all about, I kind of kept to myself through my pro career because I thought it'd be too much for teams to handle what I'm like. But, you know, being yourself is the only way to be. And uh, I did realize that, yeah, maybe the coaches and GMs didn't think what I was doing was always the best, but my teammates sure enjoyed their time. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's the only they're, they're the only opinions that matter as long as you right. teammates. And now they're all becoming coaches and bosses other places and I know they got my back and now I'm back at the game, <laughs> you know. But no, it's it's um I I usually I'm usually a lot more active during coming up to to Pride Week and Pride Month and why not? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, like uh and you should be proud that um you know that you you you're not hiding it because well I, you know what i've never brought this up on here before okay and i'm not gonna talk about where it was when it was who it was it doesn't matter i had a teammate i played with that um well uh he he was gay but um something went down that it was clear that he had never came out of the closet had never told anybody and um, something went down and I went over to his place and sat with him, chatted with him and hashed it all out. And I'm like, man, it, it's all good. Like we're a team and we're, we're here. I'm here for you. Like let's win and let's do whatever it takes. I don't care who, what you do and what you're about. You're my teammate and I'm with you. And um, I do know that that guy hasn't let anybody know. And it it's difficult for me to know because I want him to be himself. I want him to let people know. And who gives a fuck, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a, it's it's a struggle to watch your friends struggle. Um, yeah, yeah. But no, I mean, like, I mean, we we talked about this last time. I I none of the boys have any problem, and you know, I I I do enjoy the odd uh, the odd comment here or there to to make them as awkward as possible, and <laughs> you know, they they kind of hear me say it, and they're like. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> um but I think that's funny. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it's it's kind of like that that friendly banter and 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 they know like I I, I always say that if anyone asks like talks to me and it's like oh like what can I say what can't I say I said as long as you say it to me yeah. so I can hear it I will tell you straight up if you're allowed to say it or not. <laughs> yeah, you know when when you start saying stuff behind my back and and this that and the other like that's when I'm going to start taking exception no matter how you said it and you know like all all the boys this year are good fun and um you know Critch I mean I've played with Critch for five years now so um you know every every time we we went out at the start of the season before the season started and um we we were actually at the same bar we just had no idea we were at the same bar he texted me where are you i was like i'm at this bar he's like so am i where are you <laughs> but you know like ran like ran across the room gave me a big hug and 
you know, he's he's more of a brother now than a teammate. And um, yeah, I mean, and the way I always look at it is it's, it, it doesn't matter who you sleep with. All that matters is your ability to play the game. If you're good enough, you're good enough. Well, there's that. And there's also you want good people. You want to play with good people, you know? It, yeah. it doesn't matter who you sleep with. It matters what type of person you are and obviously yeah. how good of a hockey player you are, you know? You know, if you're a good teammate and you come out as gay, you'll still be a good teammate. If if you're a bad teammate and you come out as gay, you'll still be a bad teammate. It does it doesn't change who you are, or it's just exactly yeah. You're able to live more comfortably with yourself and be happy. for me that was you know, for me, like like I said last time I came on, it was just to help the next person along. Not feel so not feel as stressed as I did. <laughs> right. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, I'm proud of you, and uh, yeah, I, yeah, I'd love to be your teammate. I wish I still played, man. Like seeing the squad you guys got, Manchester, seeing the Devils. Like it is hard getting out of the game when you see, like especially when you see everybody posting all the fun they have to do in hockey. Um, I I at least get to live it through talking to people in my shed, right? <laughs> Well, at least at least you're involved, and you got your you got your U thirteens team. Oh, I I am in the game again. There's no doubt. It's like when you talk about your friends struggling. Like I'm getting messages from lots of people about hockey. I had a dad that's seeing his son struggling in Europe right now playing hockey, and it's because of the import situation, the ice time situation, and the messed up stuff that goes on in Europe that is unfair and not right. And then it's taking the love away from hockey from the kid that is way too good to be going through what he's going through. And it'd be tough for a dad to see your son struggling in a different country elsewhere. And they're not loving the game they've always loved. And they're not, you know, enjoying it. It it would be hard. And you got to have fun playing hockey. And it's all about getting treated right and getting treated fairly. And, you know, these people move all over the world to play a sport that they love they better love it when they get there right (laughs) yeah absolutely and you know the the only resentment i've ever and i I think that's probably why i just like thinner at the beginning um you know for the record i love thinner yeah um i know that i can go to him with anything and he's got the respect and the time for me and i've got the respect and time for him and um but i think that's why i kind of Perhaps wasn't anything to do with him. I, I just wasn't enjoying hockey for, you know, I was first I was living eight hours away from home, which for for you guys isn't that much, but for us that's a hell of a long way. Oh yeah, um, it's still not it, that close. <laughs> yeah, and it's um, you know, living living that far away from my family and all my friends and stuff. Like, didn't know anyone going, so there was a little bit of anxiety going on, and um. Then being told I was too fat and out of shape, and <laughs> but no, I mean it's now like I I like like I said earlier, like there's only a few years left, and I'm going to enjoy them as much as I can. Enjoy it and have fun. It's the same yeah, as maybe, when I went to Cardiff, man, and I realized it was coming to an end, and I maybe wasn't going to make the leagues and places that I had intended to make. And I went to Cardiff and I I knew I only had a year, maybe two left. And I thought, well, I'm going to have as much fun as I can. (laughs) Look out. (laughs) I think, I think another, like a lot of it, especially in North America comes from, you know, if you don't make the NHL, you fail. Yeah. 
Oh yeah. You can have him. And especially the city fellows. You see those, the city fellows around here, if they don't make the NHL, they don't play anymore. They they don't, they don't go elsewhere. They, they've failed and that's that. But I mean, you, you can have a hell of a good hockey career without making the NHL. And I, I think, sure can. I don't think people understand that enough. I mean, um, I know the US won the World World Juniors, but you know that Sweden team was insane. Oh yeah, well, and I, a lot of them will be playing Swedish Elite League for their careers. Yeah, oh yeah, there and like there is money out there to be made too. You talk Switzerland, I mean, even the to, the DEL man, there's some guys making some cash. Um, if you can get the, to Mannheim. Mannheim, Mannheim's a spot. It's real. We, we played against <laughs> we played against them when I played for Cardiff. Um, so we didn't count the hockey bags that we put on the plane. Might get in trouble with Todd for this, but oh well. Don't worry about that. We didn't count the number of hockey bags that went on the plane. So when everyone had their kit bag, we got on the bus, went to the ring for practice the day before the game. We left the bag with both sets of goalie pads at the airport. About an hour hour drive to Mannheim. So we get to Mannheim. We've got five D-men, including me, and nine forwards and two goalies with no pads. So, so we ask Mannheim, he's like, hey, can we push practice back? And they're like, yeah, like, no problem. Like, why? So we left our pads at the, we left the goalie pads at the, at the, uh, at the airport. And they're like, oh, yeah, fine. So we had pregame skate day of the game. And it was an optional. And I took the opinion of, well, it's not my team. I'm not going to skate. Yeah. So we, the boys are out. The Cardiff boys are out on the ice. I'm probably the only one not skating. So I'm just walking around the rink, kind of exploring, having a look around. There's three separate pads. So they got the main arena. They got a second arena with about 4,000 seats. Yeah, I've been there. And then a third practice rink. So I go into the second arena and there's a full team practice going on. So I'm like, like, who's this? Like, is, is it their second team? So their trainer walks past. I'm like, who's that skating right now? He goes, oh, there are players that aren't skate that aren't playing tonight. I'm like, there's a full team out there. <laughs> Looked at their um, official signed roster. They'd signed, I think it was 10 D-men, 16 forwards and five goalies for the season. That's enough. <laughs> They and they're making money. Practice. And they're making money. They had a full team practice. Yeah. For the guys that weren't playing against us that night. <laughs> I was like looking at it like Yeah. We, yeah. Half a team on the ice, and that's our whole team. <laughs> I when I well, we better be quick. I got a meeting starting in eight minutes, but when I was with Hellbron, we were kind of like their affiliate team. And my puppies that I was talking about that are gonna get their jerseys retired were on Mannheim contracts. So preseason we went there for training camp and we skated there and we go out do our normal practice and then i saw them come out and their coaches had ipads they were videoing all this stuff showing it back to the players on the ice like look at this look at that and i'm like whoa this is like 2024 and i'm living in 2009 (laughs) (laughs) yeah weird um well thanks again for coming on and um i think it's really neat um what the shed family's done and it's people like you making the time for me um way back in episode 13 and now whatever episode this just was to 349 i think but you're gonna need to send me poster pics 
I need to get a poster whipped up and it takes everybody to win. Lee Freeman, thank you for everything you do for me. And my website maker guy, Sean Collins, um, and Neil Parker. Yeah, lots of people to thank for everything that's happened. But you guys send me some poster picks so I can get that one whipped up. And uh, thanks again for coming on. And you better go out there and earn some crunchies. Hey. Better. Yep. Yeah. yeah. No pressure. Hey. No the games are the funnest, right? <laughs> and this has been another episode of Two Ales at Hockey Tales with Sully and Wally. Some people clap on a one and three. Some people clap on a two and four. Some people don't join at all because they got no rhythm. And that's all right. Some people, they drink too much. Some people don't drink enough. Some people are just like me. I hope y'all forgive them. I'm like Scott, it's time to go.